Chinese rise up against communism. Anthony Fauci is still lying. And they're stealing the Arizona election in broad daylight. All of this and more on this special edition of the Doc Washburn Show. Welcome to the Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We're the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is all too often afraid to talk about. This is episode 292 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show for Tuesday, November 29th, 2022. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. I will never pretend a man can become a woman, and I will never forget about the January 6th political prisoners most Republican politicians refuse to even mention. And August 8th, 2022, the day of the Biden regime's secret police conducted an unprecedented and unconstitutional raid on the home of a former president of the United States is a day that shall live in infamy. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburn.com, click on the button that says Become a Patron. Also, please remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now, I want to do an update from our last episode in which we talked about a filing with the U.S. Supreme Court in the case Brunson versus Adams et al. And this is a filing in which uh, the plaintiff, Mr. Brunson, says, look, the overwhelming majority of people in the U.S. Congress uh, violated several of our constitutional rights not the least of which is our right to redress our grievances with the government, and they did that on January 6, 2021, by refusing to investigate allegations of 100 of their colleagues in Congress of possible fraud in the 2020 election. Now, I was under under the impression that since the Supreme Court of the United States had accepted this 18-page filing that, you know, even as I was saying, look, don't get your hopes up, I was wondering where they were going to go with it. Now, in the last 24 hours, I've spoken with two attorneys. Um, If I gave you their names, you would probably recognize one or both of them. And they both said, well, Doc, Yeah, the Supreme Court stamped this 18-page filing for Mr. Brunson out of Utah saying, okay, we we received this, but they didn't, as of yet, um, uh, issue a writ of certiori. Now, I was talking to my wife about that, and she's like, what what is that word? C-E-R-T-I-O. R-A-R-I, and it is a type of writ 
W-R-I-T, meant for rare use, by which an appellate court decides to review a case at its discretion. The word certiori comes from law Latin and means to be more fully informed. A writ of certiori orders a lower court to deliver its record in a case so that the higher court may review it. The U.S. Supreme Court uses certiori to, to select most of the cases it hears. The writ of certiori is a common law writ which may be abrogated or controlled entirely by statute or court rules. And, of course, a writ itself is an order issued by legal authority with administrative or judicial powers, typically a court. So, both of the attorneys who looked at this case for me were saying um, they would be surprised if the U.S. Supreme Court issues a writ of certiorari. Um, and... The case is so big and so explosive, you know, the idea of saying that the majority of people in the Congress committed treason and deserve to go to jail. Um, yeah, one, one of the lawyers said, look, if I'm wrong and they do issue a writ of certiori and agree to take up the case, then I owe you a beer. And I'm like, okay, all right. I go years without drinking a beer, but I'm like, okay, fine. Anyway, so that is the update on uh, Brunson versus Adams et al. And if and when there's any more movement, then we will be sure to share that with you here on the Doc Washburn Show. Now, I've been trying to get to uh, what's going on in China for the last several days. So let's get right into that. First of all, Deborah Hine from American Greatness, amgreatness.com. Monday, November 28th, massive and historic protests erupt in China over draconian lockdown policies. She said massive and historic demonstrations broke out in China over the weekend as tens of thousands of Chinese dissidents protested the country's draconian zero-COVID lockdown policies. The catalyst for the protests was a deadly apartment fire in Urumqi, the capital of the Xinjiang province, on November 24th, Thanksgiving Day. The building had been in partial lockdown for nearly two months, and at least 10 of the residents perished because they were unable to escape their sealed apartments when they caught on fire. And they have an embedded tweet here from the great Jack Posobiec over at humanevents.com. He says, families in a high-rise in China were locked into their apartments as their building caught fire. Urumqi in Xinjiang province, they burned alive as they couldn't escape and no one could get to them in time. This is directly on the CCP, you know, Chinese Communist Party, and Chairman Xi's zero-COVID lockdown strategy. And he's got video of the aftermath of a high-rise apartment building, several floors of which are just burned out. And there's another embedded tweet with video of the fire, uh, a couple of them. 
And um, one of them says, he translates out of the Chinese, demonstrations erupted in at least seven cities, including Shanghai, Nanjing, and Guangzhou, with violence breaking out between local police and furious protesters. The largest demonstration appeared in Shanghai, home to 26 million residents, with many boldly demanding President Xi Jinping resign. Officers used pepper spray against about 300 protesters, according to a witness, but Western journalists reported the numbers to be in the thousands. Deborah Hind, AM Greatness, continues Saturday evening and into Sunday. Chinese dissidents gathered in the city center of Shanghai to light candles for the victims of the deadly fire. By midnight, the crowd had swelled to over a thousand people who chanted, Xi Jinping stepped down and Communist Party stepped down. And there are a number of embedded tweets in the article here with video of the demonstrations, which I would play for you, but they're in Chinese, so you're not going to understand them, and I'm not either. The protesters also reportedly chanted, we don't want dictatorship, we want democracy, and stepped down CCP. By Sunday, the demonstrations had reportedly spread to 20 provinces throughout China. Protests in China are not rare, but multiple protests over the same issue all across the country are quite rare. According to Bloomberg reporter Tom McKenzie on Twitter, he said the protest below reportedly in central Beijing's Liang Macau is astounding. And boy, it does look like hundreds of thousands of people out there. It's also reportedly unprecedented for dissidents to voice complaints aimed directly at Xi and his central leadership committee. Fox News noted, even during the Tiananmen Square protests in 1989, protesters demanded democratic reform, not regime change. The movement was reportedly dubbed the White Paper Revolution after students of the Chinese University of Hong Kong and dissidents throughout China clutched blank sheets of white paper to symbolize and denounce the regime's policies of censorship. The demonstrations turned violent in several cities as protesters and police clashed. Videos posted online show police attacking and carrying away some protesters and reporters. Chinese police arrested and reportedly assaulted BBC journalist Edward Lawrence, who had been on the ground reporting on the protests. According to the BBC, Lawrence was held for several hours before being released. During his arrest, he was beaten and kicked by police. A spokesperson for UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said, The arrest of this journalist, who was simply going about his work, is shocking and unacceptable. Journalists must be able to do their jobs without fear of intimidation on Monday. Lawrence reported that police were forcing people to delete cell phone photos taken during the protests. 
Apple, meanwhile, appears to be working with the Chinese Communist Party by limiting its airdrop feature and some of its products purchased in China. Now, airdrop is an app reportedly used by protesters in China previously to share content without being censored by the regime because it doesn't have to go through the Internet. So if they shut that off, they're just basically making it impossible for protesters to communicate with each other. Tucker Carlson talked about that on his uh, show Tuesday evening on Fox News Channel. You might want to check that out on, uh, on YouTube. Anyway, the unrest had reportedly settled down on Monday, but as China launches another crippling lockdown across the country, more protests are expected. According to the UK Daily Mail, the communist nation recently reported a resurgence of almost 40,000 new cases of COVID spread across the country, the biggest one-day increase on record, including a record 4,300 in Beijing alone. Yeah, I wonder if they do that PCR test, which is usually wrong. You know, the PCR test, the polymerase chain reaction test, the creator of whom the creator of which was awarded the Nobel Prize and also said it is not a test to see if you have a virus or if you are sick. Yeah, that one, the one we used in the U.S. for so long. But I digress. Amid the explosion of new cases, so they say, the Chinese government is constructing new detention camps for people who they say are infected. According to Nexta, an Eastern European news outlet, a new quarantine center in Guangzhou will be available to accommodate 80,000 people. World Economic Forum and Chair Klaus Schwab recently praised China's tremendous achievements at modernizing its economy and called the communist nation a role model for other countries. Klaus Schwab, you remember him, right? The guy who said... By the year 2030, you won't own anything, you won't have any privacy, but you'll be so much happier. Yeah, that guy. Schwab made the comments about China during an interview with Chinese state media outlet CGTN on the sidelines of the APEC CEO summit in Bangkok, Thailand earlier this month. Klaus Schwab said, and I quote, I think it's a role model for many countries. I think we should be very careful in imposing systems, but the Chinese model is certainly a very attractive model for quite a number of countries. Okay, we got an update. Rather than praising the Chinese protesters' bravery, the White House on Monday issued a lukewarm statement supporting what they call the right to protest. Let me let me just play you a clip. The hapless John Kirby is um well he's questioned by Philip Wegman at Real Clear News. 
he's grilled by Wegman about do you do you support the protesters? Does America support the protesters? Does President Biden? I can't call him president. You know, does Biden support the protesters? And it went something like this. I'm wondering, what is the president's reaction when he hears protesters in China chant freedom or Xi Jinping step down? The president's not going to speak for protesters around the world. They're speaking for themselves. In other words, we have no opinion on whether they're right or wrong because they own us. And they definitely own Joe Biden. And so he can't say one cross word about the Communist Chinese Party because he's blackmailed. They own him. There's no reaction. These protesters are speaking for themselves. What we are doing is making it clear that we support the right of peaceful protest. And then, yeah, sure you do. My follow up um, is the backlog of arms shipments to Taiwan a result of our stepped up efforts to. Uh, send arms to Ukraine? What I can tell you is that we are constantly balancing, as we must, uh, our own inventories, the inventories of our allies and partners, uh, and people that we do conduct arms sales with, as well as, of course, the inventory that the Ukrainian armed forces need um, to fight the the Russian aggression. And it's a balancing act, and and, um, with every single decision by the president to draw down DOD stocks, you know, he gets an assessment from the Pentagon about whether that's going to affect our readiness. And we're in constant touch with, again, allies and partners about their readiness. Okay, just blah, 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 blah. Again, never forget what I told you about bureaucrats in the Biden regime. They're all paid to lie effortlessly, and they do it on a regular basis. Like this um, Karine Jean-Pierre. Most of the time, I don't know if you've ever seen her on television, but most of the time when she appears to be trying to respond to questions in a conversational manner, she's just looking down at her notes reading. She rarely looks up at the reporters. Now, do you remember... I think it was a couple of months ago, Karine Jean-Pierre, White House press secretary, referred to Clarence Thomas as Judge Thompson. You remember that? Because she doesn't know who Clarence Thomas is. Judge Thompson. You remember she called him that? Well, guess what she mispronounced four times in less than 22 seconds. You can't make this up. Today, President Biden met with three U.S. winners of the 2022 Nobel Prize, Dr. Caroline Bertozzi, who won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, Dr. John Clauser, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics, and Dr. Douglas Diamond, who won the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences. Of course, there is no Nobel Prize. It's the Nobel Prize. But in her defense, look, it's not like she got this job because she had a high IQ like every other White House press secretary 
in the history of White House press secretaries. She got the job because she's a black lesbian, and that's it. They didn't expect her to know how to pronounce things. Yeah, Clarence Thomas, Judge Thompson, not Nobel Prize, but Nobel Prize. No idea. No idea. And the world laughs at us. And the world laughs at us. Okay, we got a lot more about China. We got a lot about Fauci lying. We have a lot about the election in Arizona being stolen in broad daylight. First of all, I want to say thank you once again to our advertisers, our friends, for helping us do what we do on a daily basis, day in and day out, into our second year now on the Doc Washburn Show. including our buddy Mitch Ward over at Red River Your Way. Look, if you tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage. You may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you, no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door, no matter where you live in the continental United States, redriveryourway.com. You will be glad you did. All right, I want to take this opportunity to tell you about America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier, Patriot Mobile. Now more than ever, it's important to band together and support companies that share our conservative values. Patriot Mobile donates a portion of every dollar earned to organizations that fight for causes you care about. Patriot Mobile has exceptional nationwide coverage and uses the same towers the main carriers use. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, along with great discounts for our veteran and first responder heroes as well as multi-line users. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're shifting your support 
from the leftist progressive agendas of Big Mobile to the Christian conservative causes of Patriot Mobile. When you become a Patriot Mobile member, your dollars are helping to fund our God-given right to freedom. A portion of every dollar they earn is given back to the causes that support organizations that fight for First Amendment religious freedom, freedom of speech, Second Amendment right to bear arms, sanctity of life, and the needs of our veterans and first responders. And I'll tell you something, too. You're going to save money. I'm saving a lot of money on my monthly cell phone bill since I switched over from one of the big carriers to Patriot Mobile. And switching is so easy. All you have to do is go to PatriotMobile.com or you want to talk to somebody on the phone? Call 972-PATRIOT to talk to their U.S.-based customer service team. PatriotMobile.com or 972-PATRIOT. Now make sure you use the promo code DOC, D-O-C, that's me, for free activation. Now, if you're a conservative-owned business, tired of seeing your hard-earned dollars go to corporate woke agendas, Patriot Mobile now offers competitive business plans to suit companies of any size. Switch to Patriot Mobile Business. Learn more at business.patriotmobile.com or call their 100% U.S.-based member services team at 469-FREEDOM. Make sure you use the promo code DOC, that's D-O-C, for free activation. That's business.patriotmobile.com or just call them at 469-FREEDOM. All right, now... um, let me go to theepictimes.com and get an update on what's going on in China. Let's see. Mass defiance in China shows populace fed up with communist control. A blank sheet of white paper has become the latest symbol of defiance in communist China from Beijing to Shanghai. Throngs of protesters over the weekend held wordless papers high to vent their frustration about the regime's harsh COVID rules, while digital white rectangles inundated feeds on the country's largest social media platform, WeChat, even even as censors scrambled to scrub them off the web. And the country ruled by a regime notorious for its intolerance of dissent, the blank sheets of paper, a metaphor for what's left unsaid, have become a powerful tool for discontented Chinese people, adding fuel to a movement that has spread to a scale unheard of in recent decades. Chinese residents in at least a dozen cities took to the streets over the weekend, demanding an end to the Chinese Communist Party's unrelenting zero-COVID policy. Nearly three years into the pandemic, continues to confine millions of people to their homes while limiting basic daily activities in a bid to tamp down virus cases. And they go on to talk about the uh, the deadly fire in the high-rise building in Urumqi, capital of China's western Xinjiang region, where some residents had lived under lockdown for more than 100 days. Yeah, that's just, uh, that's just outrageous. Also... From the EpicTimes.com, Chinese authorities start tracking down protesters after mass COVID demonstrations. Yeah, the Chinese 
Police have started targeting participants of last weekend's mass protests against communist China's, uh, their regime's harsh COVID-19 policies, according to reports suggesting the surveillance state is kicking into full gear in response to the country's big display of civil disobedience in decades. Two protesters told Reuters that callers identifying themselves as Beijing police officers asked them to report to a police station on Tuesday with written accounts of their activities on Sunday night. A student also said they were asked by their college if they had been in an area where a protest happened and to provide a written account. Yeah, that's... um, They don't put up with much. That is, the government doesn't put up with much in China. And, you know, the people in charge of our government would love to have that kind of power, but fortunately we have the Second Amendment. Stu Kirk has an op-ed over at the EpicTimes.com entitled, Biden's Silence About China Protests is Deafening. I commend it to you. Not going to have time to read the whole thing, but I commend it to you. And, of course, his silence is because he is blackmailed totally compromised by these people. No way around it. I mean, Donald Trump said in the fall of 2020, if somehow Joe Biden winds up in the Oval Office, China will take over this country. Remember? He wasn't kidding, was he? No, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. All right, so before we get to Fauci, I want to tell you how they're stealing it in real time in Maricopa County, Arizona. And it is outrageous. Now, the website America Virtue. They're over on Twitter also, and they've got this uh, this thread this thread called "What Really Happened in Maricopa County." It's fascinating and very instructive. Broken tabulators led to long lines turning voters away, and leading to voters being forced to trust that their votes would be counted fairly. The chairman of the Maricopa County elections, Bill Gates not the Microsoft guy, initially claimed that just 20% of the voting machines were affected. A recently released memo claims that the number is upwards of 60%. Yeah, that's right. Attorneys given the task of observing election processes say that it is closer to 60% of machines that were inoperable leading to substantial voter suppression. Democrat gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs has declared victory, but Republican Carrie Lake has yet to concede. Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich has launched investigations into election irregularities. Many conservatives close to the issue have called for as little as substantive answers to a redo of the Arizona elections. 
So that's um, that's from about a week ago. Now, I want to uh, want to share with you some of the um, audio that we've got. as the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors in Arizona, Deb Hind, again, reporting it at amgreatness.com, voted unanimously on Monday to certify their election canvas despite widespread and well-documented voting machine problems on Election Day. So there were a lot of people that before they voted, complained, but some of the other counties didn't want to vote to certify. But here's what happened in Mojave County, Arizona. I vote I under duress. Um, I found out today that I have no choice but to vote I or I'll be arrested and charged with a felony. Um, I don't think that that is what our founders had in mind when they used the democratic process to elect our leaders, our form of self-government. And I find that very disheartening. With your vote of four eyes and zero nays, you've approved item 1B. Now, Mojave County is in the northwestern corner of the U.S. state of Arizona. Has a population of over 213,000 people. And as you just heard one of their county commissioners say that um, I'm voting to certify this election under duress because I've been told that if I don't vote I, I'll be charged with a felony. You got that? This is nuts. This is nuts. Now, we've got a lot of people who had their say in front of the um, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. And unfortunately, each one of them was only given two minutes. And... A lot of them had some very, very dramatic allegations. And to almost all of them, the response from the Board of Supervisors was, thank you. You know, the whole process seemed like a a mere formality that the Board of Supervisors knew what they were going to do. And and again, look, um, Maricopa County, that's the county Phoenix is in. So it kind of dwarfs the rest of the state. There are a lot more people in Maricopa County than in the other 14 counties combined. And it's so out of whack that there are now people in Arizona actually calling for Maricopa County to be broken up. So we'll see what happens with that. But anyway, 
I feel like it's my duty to play for you some of the uh, testimony that the uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors sat through. I think it was uh, like a seven or eight hour uh, deal. And nobody got more than two minutes. I'm John Landon. I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Um, I, I have just a couple questions. And, and you said at the beginning of the session that you had to approve this. That was your responsibility to certify this result. Um, my question to you is, and then something can be challenged. So I would like the attorney for the county to go on record saying that when all the corruption is discovered, that they can uncertify this election and change it because we're always told after the fact, oh, there's no process in place to decertify after it's done. So I want someone on record from the state, from the courts, to say, yes, there is a process and exactly what that process is. Second... All of these votes, that the problems that happened on election day were multiple machines, and people were made to put their ballots in drawer three. Did anybody, and do we have video evidence of those drawers being empty before they were put in? If we don't know if those drawers are empty, how can we possibly know that there weren't additional ballots put in there? You brought the ballots to Runbeck. Was anybody there to verify that ballots weren't printed? Runbeck has access to the voter rolls so they can know who has voted and who hasn't voted. Do we know they weren't printing more ballots? There's no way to judge this election and know it was done fair. So how can you certify something if you don't know it's been properly counted, that additional ballots weren't added? We just don't know, and no one can trust us, so how, how can we have confidence moving forward? The vote needs to be transparent. Needs to, we need to be able to have confidence in it. And, of course, no response whatsoever from the thoroughly corrupt Maricopa County, Arizona Board of Supervisors. Yeah, but they heard all kinds of different complaints. I'm a resident of Maricopa County. Uh, first, I want to address that this whole process of the two minutes is a violation of our First Amendment right to air to, to, con- to petition our government and address our grievances. You have no right to limit our time while you give government officials that work for us all the time in the world that they need to talk about what they're gaslighting us about. The second thing I want to say is everything that Mr. Richard was talking about, early ballots, mail-in ballot, uh, it's a violation of the Constitution. Have you you read Article 7, Suffrage and Elections, Section 10? It says general elections shall occur, shall under law is mandatory. I'm sure you're aware of this, Mr. Liddy. is mandatory under law, shall occur the first Tuesday following the first Monday of November. When you vote, that's an election. When you sit at your table and you fill out a ballot and you mail it in and you just voted prior to the election day, violation of the Constitution. The other section is Article 7, Section 7, which specifies... Only the legal votes will determine the winner. If we have all these problems, put in box number three, it doesn't tabulate, mail them in, you don't know what they are. Mr. Liddy, or excuse me, Mr. Richard himself, when I met with him prior to the other election, he said they have 26,000 people that they've identified on the voter rolls that they're trying to clean up. He's been there two years, and he did, what, 1,500, I think he said? And he says this is the best it's been. That's what they've identified. We have no proof of the voter rolls. You have an election that was a shambles. Instead of praising the people that were running the election, you need to fire them for incompetence because this whole thing was a sham. You're violating the Constitution. You're violating our rights by saying you can only petition the government for two minutes. Where's your authority to do that? Who died and made you king? 
This has got to stop. The election was a sham. We would like to have a re-election, and we'd like to have people there that actually know what they're doing, make sure we're not using the machines, and we're doing it properly, and then we have time to air our grievances with you as the constitutional permits. Thank you, Mr. Now, when he mentioned Mr. Liddy, um, I hate to tell you, but that's Tom Liddy, actually one of the sons of the late, great G. Gordon Liddy. Oh, my. I, you know, we could do a whole show on that. I, if, if you used to listen to talk radio back in the 90s and the early 2000s, you might might be familiar with uh, with G. Gordon Liddy. One of the one of the greats, one of the greats. It's just a shame that his son has the job of uh, defending the indefensible there in Maricopa County, Arizona. Here, here's another one. Here's another one. Maricopa County voter Kimberly Burleson. My name is Kimberly Burleson. I'm a native of Arizona, and two minutes is not enough time for me to say what I'm going to say, but I'm going to boil it down to three points. There's a statistician online that's already done statistics on the disenfranchisement based on Richard's numbers and how he calculated people waiting in line. It's over hundreds of thousands of people that were not able to vote, that they disenfranchised. The second thing is everybody that's been paying attention for way years before 2020, and then when 2020 came along, and they've been paying attention since then, do not trust these machines. There have been investigations going on for two years. The evidence is in. They've got it all. They're going to it's going to bubble up to the top. If we had journalists that were doing their job and asking questions, people would know this by now, but they don't. So here's my next point. It's going to bubble up. This is a fork in the road right now, today. You all have the option. There are people that don't know what they don't know. I don't know if it's you guys don't know or you are purposely disenfranchising the whole world with this gaslighting this stuff, okay? So you either, at this point, in the fork in the road, you either open your mind and you get on the with the American people and you figure out what's going on and you let us re-vote with no machines and do it on paper, hand count in our precincts and prove to us this election was free and fair because there's just too many questions about it. Or you go on with this charade, and at one point, you're going to be put on the spot, and we're going to ask what you knew and when you knew it. That's the bottom line. And I don't even need the 13 seconds. So she wrapped up before her two minutes was up. God bless her. Um, There's so much evidence here. There's so much evidence of the fraud. It's like the old saying, they're lying, and we know they're lying, and they know we know they're lying, and yet they continue to lie. Here's another voter in Maricopa County speaking to the Board of Supervisors. My name is Denise Babion. I live in Phoenix. To Mr. Richer, 
I have to tell you that your voter rolls are a disaster. I banged on over 6,000 doors. And those, when you pull up the names of who's supposed to be living at the households, there are sometimes seven or eight or nine people listed, and not one of those people are the person I'm talking to at the front door. And that person does not know who any of these people are. That happens, I'd say, at least half of the time I knock on doors and get to talk to people. Same thing happened in 2020. I banged on over 4,000 doors that year. Same exact result. Nothing's changed. This was not a uh, this is not a crystal clear election, as you say. You thanked all of your workers and all of the 3,000 um, Arizonans that gave up their time and energy to do this. Did you see the latest Rasmussen poll that came out? It reads, survey of election workers, poll watchers, and volunteer attorneys reveals election chaos in Maricopa County. 84.3% of the people that took this poll say that they have zero confidence. 84% of poll workers in Maricopa have zero confidence in our election process from this year. You're wrong. You don't consult with we the people. You think you know and you don't. I'm addressing Mr. Richer at the moment. Um, also, I would like to tell you that I electioneered all throughout my district, and uh, that was 10 different polls that I electioneered at, and every single one of those polls, I had people coming out panic-stricken because they were freaking out that their ballot was not accepted. They did not know if it was legitimate. They were told to throw it into the famous, infamous box number three, or they were told to go and come back another time. Every poll I visited, I, I had no idea what to tell them because I'm outside as an electioneer. They're coming to our tent asking us what to do. So that's something else. And I want to know from all of you, how do we get to address the questions that we're coming up and concerns, the gal before me, the concerns that we have, machines breaking down. You're going to listen to us talk for two minutes, and then you're going to go off. You know something? I feel that you guys forget you represent we the people. And, and it's our concerns here. We have no confidence at all in our election process. Thank you. very. Yeah, thank you. We're just going to shine you on, just blow you off. We don't care. I've got more. Boy, do I have more. And it's not getting better. It will be getting worse. Again, what we try to do here on the Doc Washburn Show is share with you things that most other talk show hosts don't talk about. For some reason, I I don't know. Um, but we can't do it without our advertisers, and we really appreciate our advertisers. Let me tell you about the best-kept secret in American health care. Are you having problems with sinuses and allergies? Are you experiencing dizziness, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar? psoriasis, migraines, the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center might be able to help you. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. Let me tell you how it works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain. When that happens, your central nervous system isn't able to communicate with the rest of your body as it's designed to do. Now, I had severe hay fever for five or six weeks, every spring, all my life. When I got my atlas adjusted, the hay fever went away. It never came back. The migraines went away. 
they never came back. Again, if you're suffering from sinus conditions, allergies, vertigo, for that matter, migraines, problems with your blood sugar, psoriasis, do yourself a favor. Call my friends at Arkansas Cervical Center, 501-279-2009, for a free consultation. They've helped me. They've helped my wife. They've helped so many people we know. Please call them to see if they can help you. That number again for your free consultation, 501-279-2009. Or just go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. And click on the button that says, Find a Doctor Near You. Because there are people listening to Doc Washburn's show all over the country, all over the world for that matter. And I hope you can. And thank you again to our friends, Dr. J.R. Crabtree and his wife, Dr. Tanya Crabtree. TurnMyPowerOn.com. Now, you know, I've been talking to you about how the world is going crazy with supply chain issues, record-setting inflation, sky-high gas prices, and woke corporations that stand against everything we believe in. We all know how the big box stores were allowed to stay open all during the pandemic, while so many little guys, small business owners, regular people were forced to close. The wealthiest people on earth became much better off while mom and pop businesses suffered. The question is, what are we going to do about it? What can we do about it, for that matter? How can our voices be heard? Well, we can make a difference by voting with our dollars. Why continue shopping at big box stores if you can get the items you need from a family-owned company? Now, finally, we can shop factory direct at a family-owned Made in America manufacturer. Switch to America.com is helping Americans walk away from the big box conglomerates. That's why Switch to America.com was created with regular folks like you and me in mind. One of the best ways to get around this crazy inflation is to shop with family owned companies that put their customers first rather than shareholders and corporate executives. We now have a lot of Patriot influencers on board. I'm inviting you to join with fellow Patriots to cut off the cash flow, cut off the cash flow of the big, woke corporations that are trying to destroy our country. We are done with the woke, globalist operation against humanity. Each of us can take market share away from these big businesses that have enjoyed unfair advantages. We can choose to help each other by shopping family-owned, made in America. The website is switchtoamerica.com. Join with over 2 million monthly shoppers that have already made the switch. Let's start voting with our dollars to make sure our purchases are supporting companies that promote freedom. SwitchToAmerica.com is dedicated to offering family-owned alternatives for items we buy on a regular basis. Just go to SwitchToAmerica.com. When it this is very important, when it asks how you heard about us, click on my name, Doc Washburn. Leave the globalists and SwitchToAmerica.com. 
All right. Got to give you some more evidence from Maricopa County, Arizona. It is remarkable to me that the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors can just sit there and act like everything is normal. It's remarkable. They could work in the Biden administration. Hello, I'm Janelle Weaver. I live in Goodyear. Um, I was a poll observer in Tonopah at the Valley Baptist Church on Election Day. I was there at 5.40 in the morning, so I saw the opening procedures, and I left at about 1.40. Uh, from the start, both tabulators were not working. I was told by the workers that the second machine wasn't working the night before during a test run, uh, but the first one had ran perfectly until the morning. Maricopa County was notified about the second tabulator not working, and they were told that the county would send them one them first thing in the morning. By the time I left at 1.40, there was not a second tabulator that was working. The inspector surmised that perhaps it was the printers that were the problem, and they were trying to figure that out. At 7.17 a.m., that's an hour and 17 minutes after the polls had opened, the first tabulator was working, but was only processing one out of five ballots. That's about 20, at about 8.30, uh, only 26% of the ballots had been processed. That's a lot of people that did not get their ballots processed. She's telling the truth. And guess who doesn't care? That's right. Maricopa County, Arizona, Board of Supervisors. Couldn't care less. Here's more. It's Mary Ziola, and I live in Surprise, Arizona. And I was a poll worker at Happy Trails Resort in Surprise. On Election Day, November 8th, I went to Happy Trails Resort voting site at 5.30 a.m. and did not get home until 10 p.m. There was a line of people waiting to vote at 6 a.m. at Happy Trails. I was assigned to work at the tabulators. I noticed the two tabulators were rejecting perfectly marked ballots. I would ask the voter to insert their ballot many different ways, including right side up, face, face down, upside down. And when it was still rejected, I had them insert the ballot into the second tab. Later. It was then rejected. If it was rejected by the second tabulator, I would ask the voter if they would like to go to the head of the voting line and get a new ballot. Some did, and sometimes the tabulator would accept the new ballot, and sometimes it did not. If it was again rejected, they were asked to put it in box three. Why were the tabulators not replaced? The technician did not come out until late in the afternoon and did not fix the problem. The voting lines became extremely long because of the excessive time it took trying to get the ballots to be accepted by the tabulators. Some voters were very angry and insisted that they were not going to put their ballots into the drawer three slot because they did not believe their vote would be counted. This is voter suppression. Many voters told me they did not have time to get in line again to recast a new ballot. One such person was a policeman who was on duty and said he had to leave on an emergency call. Another voter told me she was a nurse and needed to get back to work. There were 157 misread ballots that day. It was a complete chaos the whole day. 
Throughout the day, there were many mail-in ballots brought into the drop box. When the polling sites closed, we were told not to count them, but simply put them into bins and send them down to MCTEC. We filled two large bins with these envelopes. Why were these mail-in ballots not counted? Why are they taken to run back to be scanned with no observers when there was no count of how many there were taken from the polling site? Ballots could be thrown out or illegal ones added in at run back, which opens up the possibility to election fraud. And how does Steve Richard know there were 290,000 mail-in ballots on election day when they are not counted at the voting place? Also, the cables for our tabulators were missing the night before the election. Our troubleshooter had to drive down to Phoenix to get get the cables. Right. I don't know how your, they should have been Your tested. time is up. Yeah, he's glad her time's up, man. Tired of hearing the evidence. But there's more. I mean, you know, it just, it doesn't stop. I want you to know what they are doing in Arizona and what they are getting away with. Now, Carrie Lake has filed suit. She's got a great attorney, Harmeet Dillon. But I'm not hearing any reporting on the progress or lack thereof of said lawsuits. So all I can do is share with you what I do have access to. Tom Vonick, I am a Maricopa County resident. Um, I worked as a registration clerk at the Dysart Community Center at 14414 North El Mirage Road on November 7th and 8th. On November 7th, we had a few issues with the printers, but uh, by the end of the day, we had everything functioning properly. On the 8th, we arrived for our shift at 5.30 a.m. When we started our equipment check, none of the site books would connect to the server. We couldn't even access the time clock to punch in. These are the machines that don't connect to the Internet, but they wouldn't connect to the Internet, so we couldn't, we couldn't start our day. You got that? The official word is they don't connect to the Internet, but since they're goofed up and wouldn't connect to the Internet, they weren't able to get things going. Got it? Anyway, our troubleshooter was not on site and could not immediately be reached, so we called the county hotline. The hotline was unable to resolve our issues, so we asked for a T-Tech to be dispatched to our location. Meanwhile, voters began to show up, and we started explaining to them what was going on. By 6 a.m., we had a small crowd, 10 to 15 voters, and we had to tell them we had no way of checking them in. They could either wait for the problem to be resolved or go to another polling location to vote. Most of them left. Eventually, our troubleshooter showed up but could not fix the problem, and he suggested that we continue to wait for the T-Tech. While we were waiting, more voters showed up and had to be given their options. At least 50 people were turned away in this process. The T-Tech eventually showed up and got the site books to communicate with the main server, so we were able to clock in for our shift, but there was still a communication issue with the printers. When we finally ran test prints and it looked like the issue was fixed, we announced that the polls were open and I checked in the first voter. It was now about 7 a.m. The first voter was checked in, but the printer immediately failed to print her ballot. We again started scrambling to figure out the problem and managed to get it resolved fairly quickly. We were officially in business, but we were over I'm so sorry. Your your time is up. I don't believe you are so sorry. 
I really don't believe that. No, you're not so sorry. Here's more. I am a resident of Maricopa County. Um, My name is Sharon Huber, and I live in Wickenburg, Arizona. Um, I feel that the voters of Arizona, and in particular Maricopa County and Wickenburg, had their votes disenfranchised because Maricopa County had so many problems on Election Day with their printers, tabulators, and other machines malfunctioning throughout the day. Thousands could not vote. Thousands left discouraged. I was one of those voters disenfranchised in Wickenburg in Maricopa County. I tried to vote in person, and I was told by the poll workers I had the right kind of ballot, that they had problems with the printers at first, and then the tabulators all day long. Sure enough, the tabulator would not accept my ballot. I tried over and over for close to an hour, going from one tabulator to the other tabulator, turning it right side up, upside down, and, and every which way. I inspected my ballot to make sure I had filled in completely all the circles and th- that there were no stray marks, and I used a black ink pen. My ballot looked perfect, and no matter what I did, the tabulator would not accept it. I watched dozens of voters having the same problems. We were given an option, put it in drawer three, labeled misreads, and assured it would be counted that night. Actually, I didn't find out until 10 days before I got confirmation that it was counted. Um, Or we could spoil it or try again, go to a different town to vote. They said 60-plus tabulators in Maricopa County were not working correctly. I reluctantly finally put my ballot in drawer 3 ballot and noticed there were hundreds of ballots stuffed in both tabulators in drawer 3. I was later told there were 17,000-plus ballots in drawer 3. I was a poll worker a number of times under different Secretary of States and recorders. We never had problems. Not like this. Um, How can elections be fair when tens of thousands of people are not able to vote? I know many people who never got confirmation their vote was counted. Thank you, Ms. Yeah, oh, we thank you. Yeah, thank you for telling the whole world that we're stealing this thing. Yeah, we can't thank you enough. Unbelievable. Unfreaking believable. Ladies and gentlemen of the Board of Supervisors, I was a poll worker, and what I will say that I've seen is voters this cycle have in fact been disenfranchised because we as poll workers were not taught how to check out voters at our poll centers. And then at my poll center, where we literally had at 7 p.m. on Election Day, 675 people waiting in line. Of those 675, do you know how many came in? 150. Right there. Right there. People intentionally disenfranchised. Intentionally. Now, here's my buddy Ben Burkwam from Real America's Voice. They were in town, actually in Hot Springs, um, this past spring when I was running for the uh, Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas. I was one of their guests. But Ben Burkwam travels the nation to try to get the truth out about what's going on to try to fight back against the uh, the deep state. And, boy, I got to tell you, um, 
And it is, it is, you know, he's a reporter, so it's unusual that, you know, he's going to be giving, you know, testimony along with the citizens of Maricopa County, uh, Arizona there, at the Board of Supervisors. But I, he had some things that I think he felt like he needed to get off his chest, and, and I certainly, I don't blame him. Ben Burkwam from Real America's Voice, speaking to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, and it went uh, something like this. Supervisor, I typically don't speak at these. I represent uh, folks. I have an organization called Frontline America, and I also represent a media outlet, Real America's Voice News. We were denied entry along with my colleague, Jordan Conradson, to the election office, uh, and I figured this was an appropriate time to redress my grievance. I spend most of my time on the southern border exposing the invasion that's going on down there, especially here in Arizona and what's coming into our country. The biggest concern I have is if this election is certified, the only parties that will benefit from this are the cartels. Uh, They've taken over Mexico, and sadly, they've taken over many politicians in America. What we saw on election day was outrageous and to say that it was anything but that is uh, either you think we're stupid or you're just that arrogant. Uh, What we've seen from you in the election office and your response very simple questions needed to be asked. 2020 was a disaster how was 2022 worse? You cannot say that you can certify an election when half of the voting machines were down. Was it a thousand people that were disenfranchised? Was it 10,000 of the people that were there in line or the people that didn't show up because they saw in the news The election machines didn't work. The fact that you've already made up your minds, you've already made the decision. This is is all semantics. All of us coming up here and speaking is semantics. You've already made your vote. You've already made this decision. You said the world is watching, and you're right. They're watching, and they're watching this disaster play out in front of them. You responded to the AG with the most, most pathetic, inept response I've ever seen. You have not redressed the grievances of these people. That is the question. And the answer that I hear from everyone across this room is you cannot certify. So the question is, what is the remedy? The fact that you were on a pack that was going against Kerry Lake, as well as Richer, going against Kerry Lake, how can you say that there's no conflict of interest? You have a Secretary of State running against a gubernatorial candidate. How can you say there's no conflict of interest? And then your machines go down on election day. It is absolutely outrageous. If you certify today, the only thing you'll be certifying is your corruption. Thank you again. That's right. That's right. The only thing you'll be certifying is your corruption. I got a few more. Hello, my name is Gail Golick, and I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, Chairman Gates, you mentioned that you were under obligation by law to canvas and certify this today. In fact, in the election procedural manual on page 234, it says a canvas must be conducted by the statutory deadline, but should not be conducted until all necessary audits have been completed to verify the accuracy and integrity of the election results. We do not have accuracy. We do not have integrity in these election results. I am asking that you stop the certification today until we can get some more audits. 
Okay, we need audits on the ballots. We've heard her testimony today that there were intermingled legal ballots with, I mean, excuse me, um, counted ballots with uncounted ballots in the same bit. You don't. You cannot reconcile that. You can't take the salt out of the soup. Okay, they're all in there, and you have no way to get them out. Um, I'd also like to remind you: these machines have come into play and have taken over countries. South America right now is almost gone because of selections. Thank God for Brazil, or we would lose a continent. A whole continent to these machines. If you think that these are not selections, I beg you to sit down with me. I have uh, another reason why you, you all should take a time to um, not certify, and that is I filed an ex parte emergency motion for temporary restraining order in an expedited election this morning. I am asking that you take the time to look through the Pages of documents and proof that shows exactly what's going on. All right, your you have time a constitutional is up. oath, Thank Article seven point seven of the Constitution. Much. The highest number of legal ballots your, your shall determine up, the winner. Tom Bannock of it's the your, Constitution. Your opportunity to speak now. There is Tom free Vanek. and equal this elections, whole... and this was not free, and this was not equal. Okay, Again, and, and I, and, and again, it's been two minutes for everyone, and we're giving everyone the same amount of time. Tom Vanek, thank you for joining us. They don't care, man. They do not care. They're stealing it in broad daylight. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Here's one more. My name is Kathy Roscoe. I live in Maricopa County. I came here today to get an up-close and personal look at the seven traitors to the United States Constitution. Okay, again, We're please. at that desk. You were set to receive a subpoena this morning at 9.30. What did you do? You called your meeting for 8 a.m. What are you hiding? I will not repeat your election crimes. I will just say, not certifying the machines constitutes a form of interference. And in case no one has enlightened you people, interference in an election in the United States of America, Mr. Gates, is a capital offense. It's considered treason, punishable by the death penalty. So it's obvious why you, Hobbs, and Deep State Ducey are desperate to keep your cronies in office. Our country indeed has a pandemic of suspect illegally elected officials and their self-appointed bureaucrats who think they do not have to do their jobs, yet stay on the government payroll. You are openly and arrogantly violating your oath of office. We want a new 2022 state election not run by the people at this desk or Katie Hobbs. 
75% of the citizens who went to vote stated that they were downright angry about the trajectory of the country, yet the foreign-owned mainstream media claims that we're evenly divided. That gives you plenty of cover to go in a back room and print as many ballots as you need to CYA. I will just say this. The voting booth is supposed to be time is a up. time for a peaceful revolution. Those who make your, your peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution necessary. Your, your time is up, and, and again. Hello. Wow. I, I hope you're getting the feel for how much anger there is among citizens of Arizona. I mean, the only way, you know, I could have read you some things, but I think you need to hear the passion that these people have. Now, the next person you're going to hear is an attorney named David Clements. We're, we're going to have his two minutes to the Maricopa County uh, Board of Supervisors. And then we'll have what he said on the, the war room with Steve Bannon. And you thought some of the other ones were upset. Check this out. The Clements slave. That's what I am to this system, to your corruption. This is outrageous. This is a national crisis. And you're giving people two minutes to address a national crisis. And the way that you guys can just sit there, it's disgusting. Watching you pledge allegiance to my flag was disgusting, the way that you sold us out. You said you don't have the statutory authority to do anything. You're going to take a yes-no vote. What does that tell us? Yes or no. If it's just yes, then why are you here? Why are you here then? You have discretion. And when you certify something, you're saying that it's trustworthy. There's nothing trustworthy about this. This is theater. It's optics. I was a longtime prosecutor. I went after drug traffickers. This is vote trafficking at its finest. I've seen the criminal element. You are vote traffickers. You are a vote trafficker. Criminal. What are you going to do about it? You've sold us out. You've sold us out. You've sold us out. So we're not here to be civil. You're worried about language? We're worried about our voices being stolen and never getting a fair election again. That's what we're worried about. So a curse upon you, a curse upon all of you, you smug, smug people. What, you got a, you got a, another chicken farm that needs to burn down, Mr. Hickman? Am I bothering you? Just because this election please. bothered me. And you're doing nothing about it. I don't care about that stupid buzzer. This is sickening. You have the power as the chairperson to enlarge the time limits and actually hear your constituents. 
instead of putting a muzzle on them. Thank you. Your time is up. Wow. Um, Let's see what he was referring to here. March 6, 2021, ABC 15, Arizona, over 165,000 laying hens die in massive fire at Hickman's Egg Farm in Tonopah, Arizona. So um, apparently the uh, speaker there, David Clements, is he implying that if you're callous enough, if you're cynical enough to conspire to steal an election, that the fire of the chicken farm might have been intentional? Is that what we're to infer from these comments? I don't know. I don't know. But then after after all of this, Bill Gates, not Microsoft Bill Gates, but Arizona Bill Gates, took umbrage. He was quite offended. The integrity of my colleagues up here on the dais and the integrity of Stephen Richer were questioned over and over and over again. And I know this is not my seat. This is the people's seat that I sit in. And one day I won't sit in this seat. But while I'm sitting here, I'm going to defend the integrity of these five men. You can think what you want to about me, but these are good men who are in public service for the right reasons. And I am proud to serve with every single one of them. Again, this was not a perfect election, but it was safe and secure. The votes have been counted. What a liar. It was safe and secure. Thousands, tens of thousands of Arizona voters disenfranchised. But this guy gets paid to lie. Accurately, and I thank everyone for their attention today. And with that, I would entertain a motion. Mr. Chairman, I would make the motion that we approve the November 8th, 2022 Maricopa County general election canvas, and I ask for a vote. All right, thank you for that. Did you hear somebody say, I object? And back that up. I would make the motion that we approve the November 8th, 2022 Maricopa County general election canvas. Right there, she said, I object. And I ask for a vote. All right, thank you for that motion. Do we have a second? No. No, I I'll be happy to second the motion uh, from Supervisor Gallardo. All right, thank you. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? We need to nullify. All in favor, please say aye. 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 All opposed? The motion passes. Thank you very much, everyone. This meeting is adjourned. Do you hear the people saying we need to nullify? Yeah, it's outrageous. I, you know, I hope that some court will hear Carrie Lake's lawsuit 
Uh, attorney David Clements was on the war room with Steve Bannon. David, uh, you said today that you are a slave. W- walk us through, what was your testimony? Why did you start off in saying you're nothing but a slave? Well, they were asking me for my address. And I- I'm thinking to myself, if I don't have a voice, do I own anything? And that's what struck me is is we have a you know a system that the only way that we can eke out a victory if we can is to overwhelm machine algorithms. We have to have you know watch parties on uh, you know drop boxes to make sure they're not stuffed. And even when we provide proof of them uh, of folks ballot stuffing, we have no recourse. And so we, we are slaves because the greatest property interest that we own is our voice, and we've lost it. And um, what's especially sickening, and the reason why I'm in Maricopa, even though I'm from New Mexico, is because everyone objectively knew that Cary Lake was a phenomenon. Some other places you might you know, think that you've got a close election. It's hard, it's hard to say. But in Arizona, almost every accurate predictor, every poll out there had Cary Lake ahead. And just to see our voices be slow-walked, um, we just have to call it for what it is. And so I didn't go there to ask permission. I'm basically just telling them, one, you're wrong on the law. You can't say that you don't have the power to certify because they take a yes-no vote. If you don't have any power, then just don't hold the hearing. That was the first point. Um, but the, the second point is that we need to start proclaiming these criminals for what they are. And that's just that. They're criminal. Uh, we don't need to suck up to them. We don't need to ask them for permission. We have to be in a position where we demand that we have a new election. And that's the only remedy here. Yeah, that is the only remedy. So then Carrie Lake herself went on the uh, the War Room broadcast with Steve Bannon. And I hope she never concedes. Um, and we need to pray for the success of her legal team because I don't know, you know, I'm not a lawyer myself. I don't know what the options are, but I do know they filed suit because the thing obviously is being stolen. Here's what happened. Bring it now, Carrie Lake. Uh, Carrie, is David Clements right? Is what's happening in Arizona a national crisis, ma'am? Absolutely. I, I agree with every word that man spoke. I'm so thankful that he had the courage to speak up. He's right. It was disgusting. They were given two minutes. The people who were disenfranchised, the people who care about their elections, who care about their voice being heard, were given two minutes to speak and air their grievances. Meanwhile, these clowns running our elections had two weeks to count the votes, but you can only speak out for two minutes. I could have listened to him speak for another 20 minutes, and I'm sure he had 20 more minutes to tell them about what he thought about the elections, about what we thought about the elections. That's all we got. That's all we got. So we will keep a close watch on it, you know? I mean, look, sometimes it seems to me to be almost a distraction when I see people arguing on social media about 
whether they want Trump to be the 2024 Republican nominee or whether they want DeSantis to be the 2024 Republican nominee. Because let's face it, I mean, nobody else has a chance. But it's almost like a distraction because, again, if they can steal this in broad daylight in Arizona and the electoral systems have not been straightened out and cleansed in Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, it's not going to matter who the Republican presidential nominee is in 2024. And guess who's in on it? Days after Election Day, when it was clear all kinds of shenanigans were going on in Maricopa County, Arizona. I'm walking through the living room, and my wife is watching Fox and Friends, and they got somebody reporting from Arizona, and I can't remember if it was Kilmeade or Ducey, Fox and Friends, the morning show there, saying, now look, we're, we're, not, we're not alleging any, any, you know, anything untoward is going on in Maricopa County, Arizona. Well, of course you're not. Of course you're not. You know, you're the same network that called 2020 for Biden before MSNBC or CNN did. And then Rupert Murdoch's daughter-in-law goes on Twitter and says, we did it. You're not fooling anybody. You know? Anyway, we'll... uh, We'll keep track of that. Now, we need to talk about Fauci. Fauci, who recently sent a, uh, a mixed message on China, went something like this. The China's official news agency today published an op-ed asserting that the country's strict COVID measures are scientific and effective. Now, that, of course, is Jake Tapper, CNN. Are they? Well, when you want to shut down uh, in order to interrupt immediately a process that's going on, like the spread of infection, there should be a purpose to it. Like you want to make sure you get enough ventilators or enough PPE or you want to get your population vaccinated. The comment that I made about their severe uh, um, actions that they've taken is that you have to have an end game. What's the purpose? If the purpose is let's get all the people vaccinated, particularly the elderly, then okay for a temporary period of time to do that. But they have very, very strict type of a lockdown. They're locking people in their homes, which is really they can't even go out and from what I hear, shop or walk a dog or something like that, that's going to create a lot of pushback on the part of the population if there's no underlying purpose of what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Not only can they they not walk a dog, the government has been beating pet dogs and cats to death on sidewalks, saying they're unclean. Yeah, did you know that? Did you know that? Now, on uh, CBS Face the Nation, Fauci actually uh, defended China for covering up the origins of COVID. Gee, I wonder why you do that. Huh? 
I say, I wonder why he would do that. And also blamed it on Trump. What happens is that if you look at the anti-China approach that clearly the Trump administration had right from the very beginning and the accusatory nature, the Chinese are going to flinch back and say, oh, sorry, we're not going to talk to you about it, which is not correct. But they're they not talking be. to the Biden administration about it either. Exactly. I think that horse is out of the barn and they're very suspicious of anybody trying to accuse them. We need to have an open dialogue with their scientists and our scientists. Keep the politics out of it and let the scientists, because these are scientists that we've known for decades. Yeah, you're co-conspirators. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Scientists you've known for decades. You're co-conspirators. Oh, we got Fauci covering for uh, China again on Face the Nation? Okay. The Washington Post editorial board had an interesting piece on this recently. I don't know if you've read it, but about the secrecy regarding the origins. And it says the world owes those who died six million people, but probably twice that or more to be better prepared in the future. The cover up is immense and still in place. China should now agree to a full and thorough scientific investigation that returns to Wuhan. Do you agree with that word cover up and intentional? I don't know what that means. No, it isn't that I agree or disagree. I'm not sure what they're talking about. I mean, if cover up is not allowing people to come in and look at all the data, that's not a cover up. That's not being transparent. To me, a cover up is animals being killed before anyone could go into the market to investigate. Again, I I don't want to argue. It's going to be taken out of context by others for sure. But that's my life. (laughs) Welcome to it. Cover up means you know something and you're hiding it. Mm -hmm. Not being transparent and allowing things open is a little bit of a difference. So Marge Brennan, CBS Face the Nation, uh, gets paid to basically be in the tank for the regime. No pushback, no pushback, no pushback on anything. The great Hans Maki, theepictimes.com, has a quote from Fauci from the interview. Fauci said, a very competent, high-integrity investigator from Australia goes to China and gets photographs of these animals in the Wuhan market who should not have been there. Hans Monkey's response, total BS. Fauci is talking about Holmes, a Wuhan lab collaborator. No pushback from Marge Brennan, CBS News. Shameful. Holmes was not an investigator. His random 2014 photos are a totally ludicrous take. A totally ludicrous tale to deflect from the lab leak. Liars like Fauci go on legacy TV shows to spout their garbage with zero pushback. Meanwhile, Fauci's buddy Gary went on Megyn Kelly's show and got his gluteus maximus handed to him. If I may uh, use that term, present company. Well, no, I, I used more delicate language than Hans Monke used. Let's see, flashback over the postmillennial.com from November 27th, Sunday. Flashback, Fauci praised China for renewed lockdowns. This week, the CCP left people to burn alive in an apartment building after welding it shut. 
Speaking to NBC's Andrea Mitchell, Fauci said, I remember early on they, Chinese leadership, were saying, and I think accurately, that they were doing better than almost anybody else due to their severe lockdowns. He continued and said, you use lockdowns to get people vaccinated. Fascist. By the way, the word fascist actually has a um, a meaning. It doesn't just mean I don't like you. Sean Fleetwood over the Federalist.com. Missouri and Louisiana Attorneys General grill Fauci over Fed's collusion with big tech to squash COVID dissenters. That's right. Dr. Fauci, chief medical advisor to Joe Biden, testified under oath last week over his alleged role, including with big tech companies to squash COVID-related posts. The administration labeled as misinformation. The testimony came as part of an investigation into the matter that was launched by Missouri and Louisiana Attorneys General Eric Schmidt and Jeff Landry earlier this year. While a transcript of the November 23rd deposition has yet to be released to the public, Schmidt and Landry have since hinted at some of the big takeaways from their interview with Fauci on social media. In a tweet posted on Wednesday evening after the deposition, Schmidt claimed that Fauci knew the COVID lab leak theory had merit, but it had come back to him and sought to immediately discredit it. Fauci also defended lockdowns and expressed sentiments that the rest of us don't have the ability to determine what is in our best interest for ourselves. That was an assertion from Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. He would later go on to post another tidbit from Fauci's deposition a few days later, saying that the infectious disease doctor abruptly switched his position on the efficacy of face masks and preventing viral transmission of COVID in the early months of the pandemic without giving any scientific justification. Emails released last year between Fauci and a former federal official appear to confirm such an assertion. Wild stuff, y'all. Wild stuff. I mean... We could go on and on and on about Fauci. But, you know, every once in a while, I just get this feeling I ought to probably say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice online, have delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. Today's tweet of the day is from Steve Dace, D-E-A-C-E. And he links to rumble.com, world premiere, died suddenly. The new documentary. And Steve Day says, I care about all of you, which is why I urge you to watch this. And then please urge everyone you care about to do the same. And then let's demand those who are responsible for this are put on trial for their lives, like at Nuremberg. Again, 
died suddenly. Go to rumble.com and look for it. Thank you again to Mitch Ward and our friends at Red River Your Way for sponsoring today's Tweet of the Day. You've been listening to Episode 292 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansour's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansour Sempier X. Bam, that's the way it is. Tuesday, November 29th, 2022.